what's up everything it's rigged the nhl lottery is rigged there's no getting around it the nhl lottery is rigged let's go blues Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It's Thursday, May 11th. Who gives a shit? The NHL is rigged. And that's the whole podcast, folks. That's if you want, if you came here for reason, if you came here for honesty or calm, calculated takes about the NHL draft lottery, you won't get them here. So turn it off. Turn off the (laughs) podcast. Listen, do it. Pull the listen, plug. None of us, none of us, we're you. None of us <laughs> thought the Blues were going to win. This isn't a Blues thing. This is a we hate Chicago thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, everybody's known for twelve months or more that Chicago was winning this draft lottery. And look what the fuck happened. Chicago won the draft lottery. Big fucking surprise, surprise, surprise. Ian, what are your thoughts? Uh. Very yucky. It's extremely yucky, like from from multiple perspectives. Obviously, it being the Chicago Blackhawks and they are our heated rival. Um, that's gross. You don't want any good things to happen to them. But on top of that, yes. the, the biggest thing of all is the fact that really Chicago probably shouldn't even had this draft pick in the first place. Um, you know, what was it, man? That's 20, the beginning of the 21-22 season, the beginning of the last season um, that we found out about the Kyle Beach cover-up. They've been covering up sexual assault for over a decade. And the only punishment that was given to the Blackhawks was a $2 million fine, which $2 million, me and you, were dead in the water. $2 million to an NHL franchise, one of their biggest, most profitable franchises, nothing. It was nothing back then already. It was not a punishment. Um, that's like and, a year of um, Jacob Rana's contract. Well, so I mean, they're paying these players millions and millions of dollars. Like, okay, so they basically got fined, like, oh, well, you now you're paying like a fourth liner too much money just this year, though. And uh, but it's not actually against your cap, which would actually be some sort of punishment, too. This is against all the money you have as an organization, which is far, you know, far exceeds the cap that we put on you guys. Um, and you have teams in the past that have been docked or, you know, had their first round draft pick taken away. Um, the Coyotes had some players, some prospects working out with them or working out at their facilities before the draft, whatever year that was, they got punished by getting their first round draft pick taken away on top of other things. Uh, New Jersey signed Eli Kovalchuk to an illegal contract. I believe that it was technically legal at the time, but then became illegal that summer or something along those lines. They get fined or get, get their um, their first-round draft pick taken away. The Chicago Blackhawks cover up a sexual assault scandal for over a decade. They're fined $2 million. They get to keep their first-round draft pick, and they use it to draft Connor Bedard, as we will all assume. Um and you're thinking, well, they should if they were going to take away a draft pick, they should have taken away last summer's draft pick from the Blackhawks. Well, they didn't have that because they went out and they got Seth Jones. That was their own stupidity. 
that's, you know, that's punishment enough uh, on your own. But then, so this is their next draft pick. This is the one that should have been taken away. And I get it. I understand the thing is, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast would say this because it's blues fans, but I understand the whole like, well, but this is, you only care now because they got Bernard or whatever. You wouldn't care if they had this draft pick if they're picking like 11th or whatever. It's like, dude, they shouldn't have it, period. Uh, like, they shouldn't fair, have it to draft anyone. Back then, we might yeah. not be as actively angry about it now. But if you need evidence that we cared about the Kyle Beach and Chicago Blackhawks saga for a while, you can just go find those episodes. <laughs> yeah, like, and we definitely one of our longer podcasts covering that. But it's just, it seems so utterly convenient that the year they finally trade Patrick Kane away, I mean, it makes sense to last year of his contract and all, but like, or you trade him, you decide Jonathan Taves is not going to be resigned this summer. Your two biggest stars are gone. Woe is you. You've been bad for three or four years now. What are we going to do? Oh, look, we get Connor Bedard, like the next best prospect since freaking Connor McDavid. McDavid just falls into our lap. Like, wow, what are the odds of that? And I get they were pretty high for them, but it's like, like you said, we knew they were going to get this guy. And the fact that they like tanked to get him, mm -hmm. I'm not even necessarily against tanking, but they just so blatantly tanked oh, yeah. in a league where freaking Gary Bettman is like, no one tanks, nobody tanks, except for this team that's freaking trying so hard. And then they're like, you know, what? I guess you get kind of a darn then for that. That's like, that's make up your mind. Is, it, is tanking bad? Can we tank? Is it allowed? No one's allowed to tank unless you're the Blackhawks and you're a probably, what, top five media market in the NHL and they need that revenue? No, top two, I think, right? Or top three, I guess? I mean, probably. they're definitely top three in the U.S., probably top two in the U.S. Really oh, yeah, behind I'm not New York. About Toronto. Yeah, like, I was thinking only L.A., but I wouldn't think the interest in the Kings is as high in L.A. as right. the interest in Chicago is. And I think the biggest thing to me too is like from a very from a very personal perspective, like Connor Bedard like died on Monday. Like there was a whole year of buildup and he just like figuratively died before my eyes. I'm like, oh, you're on the Blackhawks now. I was actually kind of going to be interested in your career. Mm -hmm. And regardless of where you landed, especially because there weren't really any other central teams that were really in the running or whatever, it was like, yeah, you know what? Sure, be on, you know, I'd, I'd feel kind of bad if he was in Arizona, but be on Arizona, be in Anaheim, San Jose, fucking, I don't care, Columbus, Montreal, whatever. But I can still be like, eh, I can, I can enjoy you from afar. But now mm -hmm. you're on the Blackhawks. I can't be like, well, this is such, this is so fun that he's on a freaking 150 point pace. This is fun to watch. It's like, no, it's fucking not. <laughs> You've ruined him for me. Yeah. You freaking ruined this guy. Imagine Connor McDavid. On the Blackhawks, would you be like, I love Connor McDavid? No, but mm -hmm. I fucking hate this dude. <laughs> Please go away. And he's and he's a franchise player. If he's as good as he's supposed to be, he's gonna be there forever. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be there forever. I'm gonna be freaking 55 when that dude retires. I'm gonna be close to retirement when that dude fucking retires. Oh, like. Ugh. I didn't need that. It's getting existential. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm fucking sad. <laughs> you know, and I'll jump in here while you go and have a sad nap. But like the other thing about this is like, okay, 
you can't prove a negative, right? So I can literally never prove that this wasn't rigged. So mm. obviously that lends itself to conspiracy theories. But here's the thing. Even if we were oper- even if we want to operate on the assumption that it was totally fair and above board, the NHL makes no fucking attempt to prove that to you. They don't do this draft lottery in any kind of friggin' transparent way. They don't have the friggin', they don't even have general managers there because the general managers are too in their feelings if they lose. Shouldn't there be representatives from each of the teams watching the proceedings at least and being like, yep, looks like there wasn't any hijinks there. Like you don't even see how the things are drawn. So why are they, they make no attempt because they're the NHL and you're not. And that's the friggin' thing about it. And that's what makes it such a hard pill to swallow is this league is run by one guy. You know that the one guy wanted this player to end up in Chicago. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. It's not like it's Chicago, LA, and New and the Rangers or Toronto were the final three. And you know, I, shit, it happened to be Chicago. I'd be like, okay, well, I can believe that they happened to do that fairly because all three of those were great answer, great outcomes for the league. When it's Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus. You think Columbus was winning this draft lottery in a million years? Like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I just cannot believe that that will be the case or that that is going to be realistic and possible. And sure, if you want to say it's not rigged, fine. But as you pointed out, this team shouldn't be in this fucking position because they should have been fucking run into the wall for the shit they did to Kyle Beach and the shit they didn't do in the wake of that incident. And they weren't because it's an old boys club of shitty people and you know i think i can't remember if you mentioned this bullet or not there's open discussions about teams talking to stan bowman and teams talking to joel quinville and while to be fair that more elliot freeman has talked about it he's kind of suggested well gary bettman would have to approve that and i'm not sure he's there yet but here's the thing what if Gary Bettman didn't have to approve it because nobody wanted to fucking talk to the incompetent <laughs> GM in the first place who covered up sexual assault? I, I hate to say this. I really do. But like Joel Quinville, I get one of the best living NHL coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. So like I can get you talking yourself into Joel Quinville's the guy we need to get over the hump or whatever. You can't tell yourself, okay, we'll just get one of the other 50 mediocre former NHL GMs that are available. (laughs) It doesn't have to be Stan Bowman in fucking particular. Because anyone with any analytical ability will know that he didn't build those Stanley Cup teams. Everybody knows he didn't build those Stanley Cup teams. Kane and Taves and all the other core players were already drafted by the time he got there. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just... It's just, even if they put the kibosh on that, it's just like, this is a year after a year. How long has it been since the beach story broke? Like 18 months. Yeah, something like that. And this franchise is just fucking fine. It's just over that. That whole thing's in the past. Rocky words can, you know, exactly what he wants to whoever he wants. It's just doesn't matter. There's no punishment. It's fine. And you know, this organization's just going to land on its feet. Meanwhile, Arizona's going to probably have to fucking relocate. Columbus is probably going to have to relocate. Like, you know, what do they care? It's Chicago gets it twice. And I know you can point to examples. You can say Detroit or Detroit, however you pronounce it, didn't win the draft lottery when they had a chance. But like, 
it's not the same. Detroit is a diminishing city. It's not the powerhouse it once won. Yes, once was. Yes, it's an original six. Yes, it's a historic franchise with really good support, but it's not friggin' Chicago. It's mm -hmm. not New York. New York, when they had a chance to win the draft lottery, the Rangers also won a draft lottery. Surprise, 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 fucking prize. I can't speak. Um, you know, it's like, it's, I just, it seems like the teams that don't win draft lotteries are the teams the NHL doesn't want to win. You know, and and the teams that win them are the teams that do win. Oh, for real! It's and then, like, I think someone pointed made a really good point too on Twitter, where it was like, you know what this means? This means we're going to be seeing Chicago in pretty much every other outdoor game again because, like, we got to showcase Connor Bedard. So Chicago's going to be in every freaking stadium series and every every freaking Winter Classic. They're just going to be everywhere again, and it's like, great, this is this is fun for me. Um, I mean, the only highlight is the fact that they are still so bad currently that Conrad Dard, while being great and fun, is still not like he's not a one player fix all type guy. So they're still going to be bad for the next two or maybe three years as some of their other young guys come and, and fill well, in he that is roster. A one, he is a one player fix all guy. It doesn't mean they're going to be. A playoff team next year necessarily well, but their rebuild better. is done their rebuild is done that it's done like it's literally done they have a well, they have to build up i know but like i'm not i don't know i just like you you this is a once in a generation player i know there have been two in the last five <laughs> years so that's a little bit of an exaggeration but like there's no i i guess what i'm saying is it's one piece that compares to like five other young oh right yeah five other draft picks like yeah they're not going to be stanley cup champions next year but anyway sorry i didn't mean to derail you but I oh, just, I'm, I'm just furious I'm, I'm dead inside when it comes to this draft lottery it just really sucked because i think even though i knew the blues chance of moving up into either first or second was like a combined seven percent chance mm -hmm. i was still hoping a little bit and then on top of that it's like didn't happen I'm like okay and then this happened and i was like excited to watch this like 10 minutes of tv and i was like wow this went from 100 to zero real mm -hmm. quick uh and i uh i i will say like i i wish i could feel differently i'm thankful he didn't go to columbus i'm thankful i'm not thankful i could have done with almost any other team but columbus and arizona yeah Sorry, don't fucking have Connor Bedard's first two seasons in a fucking high school gymnasium or what. I think the they said, yeah, if he played for Arizona, the his the WHL team has a bigger arena or seats more people than Arizona State. So. Arena. Yeah. Uh, this is a fucking parody league. It's a fucking joke. You guys are <laughs> embarrassing. It is, it is so very sad. Uh, I think that's like telling too, kind of unrelated but related. But it's like the fact that they had to push Florida's game, Florida Toronto game, um, the not the fourth one, the third one, whatever it was. Maybe it was the last one. No, whatever. They pushed two, both of them. I think. Yeah. Well, they had to push the they had to push Toronto and Florida, and then that made them push Edmonton and and Vegas. But they pushed it because Florida was like, well, there's an F one. Um, race in Miami, the Miami Heat are playing. Neither of these are taking place in sunrise at that stadium where Florida plays. 
but they were like, we just don't want to have to compete with that. And it's just, I get it's hockey in Florida and it's not Tampa Bay or the Panthers and all, but it is kind of sad that you are a sport and you openly acknowledge, like if we go on during these other things, we're going to get killed. Like no one's going to come and watch our game. And it's like, I get it, but also like have some fucking confidence, (laughs) like act like, you know, the whole, like act like you've been there before, act like you should be taken seriously. The fact that you, shrivel up and you're like no 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 we need to move it you guys no one cares about us we need to go to a a day that nothing else is happening (laughs) in order for people to come it's like uh it's so nhl they're just like we want to be taken seriously but we also know that we're not and we have no spine so they're in their fourth place baby back bitch league that's about to become a fifth place baby back bitch league because mos is going to take over overtake them after the next world cup Mm-hmm. And they don't care. They don't care to fix it. And that's what's wild to me. I just don't. They love, they, they would love to be bigger, but they also are like in love with being fourth. They love yeah. being um, inclusive or exclusive. They just love that they're like, there's hockey men. And those hockey men know hockey things and all about hockey culture. And just like, as much as it's broadened and they've become more inclusive and the NHL has all these different initiatives and all that stuff. There's just still so much of this like blandness and the, and that, and that's their brand and they love it. They just love that these guys are like, yeah, I love Taylor Swift songs. And then they'll be like, let's do a little game where I put a Taylor Swift song on my head and then the other guy goes like, uh, 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 I think my wife listens to that one. And it's like, great. Wow. This is really good. Um, everyone's got a distinct personality, fun times. Like just, yeah. I, you, you made a good point the other day. I will give them credit. Whoever's running their like Stanley cup playoff. Oh shit. Their advertising is like, really advertising. Good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. I also thought the regular the regular season ads about like the new golden era is now is mm. is like pretty good. But I also tweeted like this was my takeaway from this event. It's like the worst part about it to me is that these NHL media fucking suck sycophants will be lining up. I can already I I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I know Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick both said, Oh, this is so good for the league. This is just great for the league. This is mm-hmm. the right place. You know, I understand why people are upset, but this is the right team for Connor Bedard to end up on for the sake of the game. No, it's yeah. fucking horseshit because in five years, no one will have a fucking clue who Connor Bedard is, just like they don't have a fucking clue who Connor McDavid is. And the proof of that's true is Wayne Gretzky's still a household name, and he also played for the Edmonton fucking Oilers. He didn't need a better team or bigger market he needed a better nhl which it somehow was in the 1980s and the modern day nhl cannot and will not improve they will not get rid of gary bettman and even if they get rid of gary bettman they'll just replace him with some fucking gary bettman sycophant so it doesn't fucking matter it's just i I told i told you this and and i still genuinely believe it I was obviously emotional the night of the draft lottery too and angry and also coming back from raw and very tired. And I have had the fucking wildest week, which I suppose we can talk about at some point, but like I told you this, like, and, and not no one in the audience take this the wrong way. Cause I love the podcast and I hope to be doing it forever. But like, if we weren't doing this, I don't know if I'd watch this league. 
I don't know. I, I would certainly hard. turn it off for long stretches of time and just be like, I don't need this shit, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just fucking, you know, there's just everything that they do is stupid. You know, and we can talk about it later. I guess we can talk about it now. But like the Petrangelo slash is mm-hmm. like, thank, th- thank God they gave him a game. But how mm-hmm. can that only be a game? Like, like every single thing they do is stupid. I, I do think sometimes they service these players a little too much. This oh league, God, yes. This league is so in love with like its players because it's just run by old players. I think that's why it's just nonstop old players and positions uh-huh. of power. They're like, oh, the players are, you know, that's where it's at. And like I have players versus owners, players every day. I'm with you there. Like your CBA yelling back and forth players every day. But like at some point, if you're if your players aren't going to be like fun and exciting, you're not you don't have LeBron James and people like pushing on the league where you're like, yeah, man, fucking tell the NBA or whatever. It's like if you just have these boring ass players and you're trying to service them at all points and times because it's like, well, we can't give Petrangelo more than one game because the series is two two and it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's like you can't give them two games. And you know why? Because like, he, he fucking tried to injure them. Slash- Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, it's so fucking annoying because they're just like, well, there's no intent to. They said there was no intent to injure, and I'm like, what was he? What he was he trying to do? What was he trying to do? He he, freaking. It's not like it was a hockey play. Yeah, dude. That's what I hate. You gotta you gotta go down. You have to clamp down on that shit and be like, no, dude, that's two games two three games it's in the playoffs maybe fucking think Dude, if he'd broken leon dreisettle's forearm i guarantee <sighs> you vegas would have been fine with trading that like that's know? what i mean and i guarantee you too they probably been like well that's like two that's got to be like two or three games i'm like dude that should be the playoffs because you ruined the leading goal scores fucking wrists yeah. i don't that's why i don't get is like we're gonna service the players we don't want to like take them out of the game we don't want to affect the game too much but we will let petrangelo slash the dude and like lumberjack chop him in the wrist though what about right. that player what about the player you fucking two lumberjack, lumberjack chop let's not underemphasize this by far the best player in the playoffs by far like, yeah that guy like, who literally the best a guy who very well may break the single playoff goal scoring record in and like the middle not, of the third round. Yeah, and I get it's get not there. some goon. It's not fucking Luke Shen where they're like, yeah, let's throw the book at him because it don't matter if he's in or not. But like, I get Petrangelo's, you know. But it was his choice to do the I mean. thing. That's what I hate. People are like, I get being emotional. And I'm like, dude, this to me is slightly like when someone's like, if anyone's ever made this argument, yeah, well, I was drunk. And I'm like, you got drunk. You, you oh, yeah. got uh-huh. drunk. You oh, did yeah. that. I'm like, oh, yeah. you got angry. I get your pissed. I get that. But like, I've also never been so angry. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take, he like takes strides. It's like three seconds elapsed. And he's like, time to two and them. It's already four one. He missed the empty net. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> fucking happened. Are if, you insane? If, if he was on the blues, I'm like, you fucking lost it, dude. Oh my Dude, God. I genuinely, I, you know, maybe we're hypocrites. I genuinely think if he was on the blues, we probably wouldn't be like, 
arguing it in quite the same way, but I think we'd still be saying you should be getting two games. I'm basically like, fucking stupid. Like, how are you going to put your team in this fucking position? Be an idiot. Like, oh, well, now we're playing Robert Bertuzzo and for here's the thing. 25 minutes. Here's the thing. He's not stupid because he knew exactly the risk he was taking. He knew the worst consequence was getting one game, and he knew injuring Leon Dreisaitl was worth the trade-off. It's not hard. It's, that's the calculation. If if he didn't just see the red mist and lose his mind, if he thought about what he was doing at all, that's the calculation. He was I can't thinking, believe I can't believe you do something like that and then have the balls to like have McDavid come up to you and try and tussle with you, and you're looking at McDavid like, "How dare you?" And yeah. it's like, dude, that you two handed his friend. Yeah, come the fuck on, well, like, dude, don't give me the look. Like, what's happening? What are you doing, Connor? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> are you fucking shitting me. Uh, it's unbelievable that it's one game, and then people are like, "Well, it's the playoffs." And I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck. So you can yeah. do, so you can two hand people. You can fucking two hand slash people in the wrist because of the, the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Oh, it's the playoffs. I'm like, because which bugs me because I do because it's the cup, bro. <laughs> yeah. I what's hard for me is like there is a line and I do like that in the playoffs and we'll talk about it sort of like there's a heightened level everyone's trying harder so the 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 ref should bury the whistles a little and yeah they're there's scrums they're pushing each other yada yada they're not going to call this ticky tack shit I like that that gives some credence to the cup being something that's so hard to win like the hardest championship in North America to win or whatever but like that doesn't mean like the line moves a little. When you look at the teams like, remaining in the playoffs, can we really make that argument anymore? We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but it's like you can't you can't do like criminal ass shit. Like it's not like well it's the playoffs, so I fucking took my skate off and cut his throat. You know <laughs> whatever you got to do. It's like fucking. I it went four to one, so I removed the shank in my boot that I keep in the sheath. Dude, it's 4-1. I get there. I get that they are pounding Petro right and left because he's their number one D and they're trying to soften him up. I get Kane freaking like through five body shots at fucking Colasar without getting the call for it at all in front of their Dude, But here's the thing. There's a quantifiable difference between hitting and even punching and fucking two-hand slash. I know. I'm like, dude. Especially that. I saw people like, Kane needs to blah, blah. I'm like, dude, those are at least like shots to the ribs and stuff. Like, and the Colasar is trying to turn around, but like that is sort of the like, well, that's hockey sort of thing. But like, yeah, the two hand slash to a fucking wrist of like this that's a the star player in the playoffs. That alone should be like, dude, you cannot fucking like this is a money maker. I feel like they don't fucking understand that oh, shit either. Oh shit. Sorry, I've got the, the hurricanes game and I thought oh, they yeah. just went ahead with 90 seconds left. Uh but in the any hurricanes case, in? no, I thought they did. They oh, okay. went oh. wide, but I thought it was in. Um the it is two two with uh 80 seconds left though at the moment in the third um that friggin alex petrangelo thing was like a bradley thor video from tiktok and it's just a legal play if you don't know who bradley thor is he's like a wildly handsome lumberjack Hmm. who's like one of the most popular tiktok accounts because he just cuts shit but he's so good looking that it's like extremely sexual but it's not (laughs) Because he's just literally cutting lumber, but it's like, oh, yeah, it's like highly sexual, but it's not because he's just like literally cutting wood. But anyway, you can watch that at work. They can't can. tell you you can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can't. He can hit. Um, Forty seconds left now. Luke show. Luke Hughes been on the ice for a minute twenty, which is probably exactly what you want with the season on the line as a defenseman. Oh, what a hit! 
That was a big clean hit. Very nice. Yeah, a, ah, very nice. You poke want commentary. You got commentary. I want, I want the devils to get this dagger in the final twenty. Go get it. What are you doing chasing all? All right. I will say they talked to um, Slavin. Oh, oh, that was close. Is it still Schmid or is it back? back to no, it's, it's Schmid. They went back to Schmid. I say good idea. Good idea. All right. It's the end of regulation. Going to what is this? This three one. Yeah. So yeah. man, New Jersey got to win three in a row. I mean, eh. they can. They did last. I mean, they kept but... it tight. They kept this one tight. At least this one's not a blowout. This is like That's the right. first non-blowout game in the series. But before we get too deep into um, the playoff race, let's talk about the Blues prospects. So they did end up in the tenth overall position, which was a little disappointing. Obviously, no one really thought they'd move up, but hey, would have been cool. Um, the tenth is still the highest they will have drafted since two thousand eight, when they drafted Alex Petrangelo with the fourteenth overall pick. The last time the Blues had three first-round picks, or at least entered the draft with three first-round picks, was in 2007. Contrary to how Doug Armstrong says he might use those picks, we did draft three players. Lars Eller, Ian Cole, David Perron. Those guys were all drafted in 2007, and all are still in the National Hockey League. So I would say a pretty damn incredibly successful draft. Yeah, Um, I'd say so. uh, Who should the Blues draft now? There's a lot of takes. Uh, and we will go through them. I will say uh, absolutely unabashedly that I'm hoping we take Dollar Bill Dvorsky. Oh, me too. His names, I mean, his name is actually Dalibor, but I'm going to call him Dollar Bill for the rest of his career. <laughs> um, and he, I just love his name. I, I have, to be fair, I don't claim to be any kind of prospect expert, but I have seen him in the World Junior Champions. I think he's been at the last two. Um, and because he plays, he's like Czech or something, right? He, he's not He's not one of the powerhouse nations. He's no, yeah, Czech. he's definitely in. Um, maybe even Slovakian or something. Um, he but, is Slovakian. Ah, there we from go. From Sloven, Slovakia. Ah, so you know he gets. If 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 you're a top ten prospect from Slovakia, you're playing on the world junior team for like eight years. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, Corey Promen says that with the tenth overall pick. We will select defenseman Tom Willander of Rural like Jr. In I like that it's a Will Will or Bill William Melander put together. Oh yeah, Will Willander. I like it. Um, and he says, I have a hard time seeing St. Louis walk away from the number 10 pick without getting a center or defenseman, something their system desperately needs. Willander's stock is way up right now, and he could be a top four defenseman in the league for a while. Um, fucking boring. I mean, I know. I gotta say, we, we have to we take do. defensemen. We have uh, un- we need to completely avoided it for five years, and it's our biggest area of need. But I still will be a little disappointed <laughs> if and when we do. Um, what does but, he shoot? Does he shoot? Let's see. Tell me what he shoots. Right. Pox. Okay. Okay, that's good. Uh, NHL.com had a couple of panelists. One of them was named Kimmelman. He says Dollar Bill Dvorsky will be the Blues draft pick, saying Dvorsky has the size and skill to play in the middle, but also could find a home on the wing. Wherever he ends up, the Blues will be happy to have him. He's a high IQ player with a really good shot that doesn't need uh, that he doesn't need much room to get off. Yikes. Ew, what's a what's a rub off? 
That's right. Exactly. Morial, who I also don't know, said we'll take Edward's sale or Saleh, a talented forward with great offensive instincts who can shoot and pass with good accuracy. He's 6'2", 174 pounds, and has proven to be active in the offensive zone and present presents a challenge for opposing defenders with his size and strength. He has six points, four goals, and two assists in five games for Czechia at the U18 Worlds. I thought they were back to Czech Republic. I'm very confused, but in any case. Choose a um, lane. The Daily Faceoff also says Dollar Bill Dvorsky. Coming off an incredible U18 World Championship in which he received some MVP votes, Dvorsky finished off an up-and-down season the best way he could. With his efforts, Slovakia wasn't coming close to making the... Without his efforts, Slovakia wasn't coming close to making the bronze medal game, pushing Canada to the brink. Dvorsky can take over at times, but his play against men, which was nothing special, will knock him down some pegs. Uh this is the score. Cody Barlow is their suggested draft pick, a an Owen Sound Tiger. Um, it says Barlow has future St. Louis blue, blue written all over him. The six foot one, um, 187 pound winger is or pounder, excuse me, is a hardworking, physically mature, all situations winger with a wicked shot. Captain of his junior team, he accumulated 46 goals and added 33 assists for 79 points in 59 games this season. The Blues own three first-rounders, using their first pick on Barlow, a surefire NHLer with scoring touch, allows them to swing for the fences later in the round. Um, interesting, interesting perspective to think how the two picks might, or three picks might play off each other. And then Sportsnet says, that will take Samuel Honzek of the Vancouver Giants. He projects as an impact player who uses his size effectively to give him more space than needed to utilize his skill. Draft day strategy. The Blues are retooling. They aren't rebuilding. With three, three whatever, the round, three whatever. They have an option to attempt. It's like Armstrong wrote the article itself. <laughs> they have an option to attempt to trade up from this slot but it doesn't feel like they need to. Hansek is a fantastic prospect. He's a big body center who averaged 1.3 points per game in the WHL this season playing for the Vancouver Giants. So a lot of options. Seems like there's going to be plenty of high quality talent in the 10th overall pick. I definitely think the Blues won't draft below 10th. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, this is a pick I don't think they'll trade unless I could, I guess maybe they trade down a slot or two if there's a couple players they're still happy with, but it seems pretty likely they use this pick um, on one of these players named or one of them that hasn't been named. Because nobody, always told, like, nobody I, told me we were going to draft Jimmy Snuggerud last year and look how great that's worked out. So yeah, that's what I'm always thinking is like, I feel like we'll get like three, four, maybe five different names from different publications. And I'm like, all right, let's see, let's see. And then I'll be like, we drafted Jim Sunderland and I'm like I have no idea who that is and they'll and they'll be like and they won't even say it's a reach they won't be like oh he was gonna go way below or way it's like he just apparated they're like oh yeah like, he was yeah. like 12th on everyone's list I'm like I've never read his name before I like how you made up a name but it was basically Jimmy Snuggerud yeah like Jim Sunderland Jimmy Snuggerud yeah. like same name um <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you weren't really you weren't really creating a person so much it's just just reenacting last year you fucking idiot <laughs> well hey um, for a while we had schwartz and then we had schmaltz and then you know schwartz don't forget schwartz, schwartz. Um, if only it worked out that's right uh 
I agree with you. And I, I do think that Armstrong is a guy who, or, you know, scouting department, whoever you want to credit, um, hasn't been very chalky um, throughout their recent draft picks. And, you know, you could argue that's worked very well for them. Robert Thomas was a player. A lot of people said wasn't necessarily the next best prospect at the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, Jimmy Snuggerud last year, I think was another situation, Jake neighbors, um, another situation. So, you know, I, I really have still have a lot of faith in the draft team. So I'm excited that they had three, t- three picks to play with, even if I don't necessarily expect them to pick with all three. Um, but, you know, I'm very torn because they could use one of those picks to get rid of a contract maybe, which I think they need to do. Mm. But at the same time, I want them to building for the future and not just cutting things down. Right. And it is going to be, that is tantalizing because you have to move one of these big defensive contracts in order to even start to think about like doing a retool. Cause I just feel like if you're just shuffling the chairs in the front and be like, Hey, well, we got a couple of different forward lines and it's like, okay, well, that's not really the problem. It's like, that's, or at least not monetarily. So we'll see. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think they're going to, I think they're going to trade one. I think that they're not going to trade the first one, but they'll trade one of the later ones. If not to move a defensive contract to like get somebody. Cause I don't know. They talk a lot about this on the Steve Dangle podcast. And I tend to agree where they talk about like, if you're a GM and you hear that they were in the rumor mill for some big name, and then they didn't get that name, they probably aren't like, you know what? We missed out on Patrick Kane and Mm -hmm. we don't need anyone else. So we're fine now. And it's like, no, they're going to still try and like improve on whatever position they were looking for. And I don't, Necessarily know that's the case for the Blues, but I know that it seemed like there were a lot of rumors that they were in on Timo Meyer for a while, and then they didn't get Timo Meyer. So part of me thinks that they're still going to be out there for maybe some sort of big fish um, on the trade market, at least, because UFA uh, class this year isn't overly um, interesting. So I think maybe they'll either use one of those late round or late firsts to either yeah move a defensive contract or maybe try and land themselves a player that kind of speeds up this retool a bit, actually gets this retool retooling. Cause I have to say if they go into this season with generally speaking, the same team, I know you didn't have Vrana and Kappen in the whole year, but that's not really like a retool. <laughs> They'd yeah. be like, well, it's the same team as the last 30 games. You're like, okay, well, great. I think we know how that's going to go. Absolutely. Well, so Ian, I think he's going to be active. One player that the Blues have been linked to by by various trade rumors is a man that we are very familiar with in this division by the name of Alex DeBrincat, former Chicago Blackhawks player who has one contract left and then is an RFA, I think, on his final year of RFA status uh, for 2023-24. He's currently playing with the Ottawa Senators. It's very like up in the air whether they're willing to trade him because they've only had him for, what's this, his second season there? I, I, think, think. It was, I think this is his first. This is his first. Or this um, is his first, yeah. But there's no certainty that he is willing to re-sign in Ottawa. So, you know, they got to strike while the iron is hot if that 
uh, is the case. And partially because of the trade for Alex to bring cat this team that I know they say the rebuild is over, but it clearly isn't. And they have not a first, not a second and not a third round pick. Whereas the boys have multiple of all of those, I think. So uh, what would you think about Alex to potential fit in St. Louis alongside the likes of Robert Thomas and um, Oh, I think uh, Jordan Kyrie. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I feel like also that a lot of these fans in this fan base would be like, that's another small forward that doesn't back check. Oh, yeah. This is terrible for us. I mean, I think it'd be a lot of high scoring games both ways. I'd take that. It'd be interesting. I mean, the thing is, right, if you do something like that and he's willing to sign here, you can sign him and then see you later, Kapanen or, Brian, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. The, both those guys are in expiring deals. So it's not like you won't have the space necessarily. Um, and then you've also freed up some cap space too, because you're getting some of that Tarasenko money back and everything. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I really do think Armstrong's going to be active this summer. I just don't think he can afford another year like this. Right. Like, I just don't think if he does, I think he literally has to be active only yeah. in the sense that like, if you can move any of those defensive contracts, you have to take the opportunity. Um, you have to, I mean, you, I, I just don't see how he can load up with that top four again. I'm not and I don't, he doesn't even need to improve it. Like he can't add anyone to it. Get rid of something. <laughs> <laughs> Addition by subtraction. Yeah. I would rather Marco Scandella be in our top four and just not have one of those contracts left mm-hmm. than, you know, have all four of those contracts next season and have an objectively better top four, you know, Callie Rosen, by the way, look, I know it was a meme all season. We love Rosen. It, you know, it was a lot of fun. Do you led the team in plus minus his percentages were good. His advanced metrics were good. You can't tell me that dude doesn't deserve a look at like uh, on a team. That's not good. Like you don't have a good defense. So what are you, you can't throw friggin' Callie Rosen under the bus and be like, well, you're just not good enough. Just not good enough to what? Replace Tory Krug? <laughs> like, you know, like, what's the argument here? Um, so I just, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, I definitely think there will be a lot going on this summer. Um, and that's always fun for us. We like movement. We like player movement. I think there will be at least one kind of exciting new player in the lineup next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. That's what we're going to be talking about all summer. But before we wrap up today, Ian, let's talk about these playoff series that are, um, ongoing. Uh, let's talk about, I'm going to go in order of what I personally find the most to the least interesting. (laughs) Uh, let's talk about Carolina first. Um, they're going to win against the New Jersey Devils. I think they will win right here in a few moments in uh, overtime and take the series. Uh, You know, I got to give credit to Carolina because (laughs) um, they, I, I, I dunked on them. I believe I said these exact words when we were doing the kind of like power rankings of how, who we want to win the cup last week, you know, and I kind of said that they were the team that needed to shit or get off the pot um they've shit (laughs) (laughs) to their credit uh they i've never heard someone take that metaphor all the way yeah well you know i that that is how that would logically conclude oh they've Um, shit 
They've shit a lot. Oh, they've shit, and, they've it's, shit. and it's beautiful. And they've shit all over the place. Um, they took a, an Islanders team that a lot of people thought would be a challenge for them, or at least a, an Ilya Sorokin that a lot of people thought would be a challenge for them and really made them look kind of juvenile and bad. And then they took a Devils team that played a really hot first-round series. Um, and, you know, certainly if they win tonight, even though this last game will have been competitive, uh, have made them look pretty much, uh, you know, pretty mediocre and uh, pretty beatable. And now, you know, credit to them – obviously at the Panthers who we'll talk about in a minute go on to defeat Toronto you can't you can't say that they're right off but you can also still say they are the eighth seed you know so like um I don't know it's uh one of the things that's interesting to me about these playoffs is like man does everybody seem to be a legitimate cup contender who's still in these Mm. playoffs and the team I would most likely say that not about is the um, Kraken, but like they beat the defending Stanley Cup champions and they're neck and neck with the Dallas Stars, who I probably would have said are the next best team in the Western Conference. So like, what are you going to say? They can't beat Edmonton? No, I'm not going to say they can't beat Edmonton, you know? That is They've what's got- hard with them it's like it's just like you just don't want to believe until it happens and you're like wow shucks <laughs> i guess you're the stanley cup champion didn't have they have like uh let me look real quick before i say something stupid but uh give me a minute i'm counting it's counting still counting i was right they have had 17 different players score a goal in that's, that's depth baby playoffs. that's d-e-p-h-t d-e-p-t-h that's how you spell it and ian i would like you to name all of them <laughs> how many do you think you could do honestly how many do you think you could do um i just have to name people on the crack and i thought let's see schwartz hold Dunn. on one second oh, he said nope it's not loading i was recounting so 17 schwartz yes schwartz Dunn, yes done um eberly yep um veneers uh-huh um gourd uh-huh tanev uh is he playing is he hurt he must be hurt he's not even on this really doesn't seem to be oh brandon tanev yes he is on there six sorry um let's see susie Yes. Uh Alexiak. Uh maybe he's not. I mean he's not really no yes. real scoring, but he's got eight. Oh he's Larson. got one. He is number eight. <laughs> I mean to say. Yeah. Um Adam Larson, yes, he's got one. Uh, You're getting most of the ones. I'll give you yeah. that. Most of the ones. There's Man, one person, there's one person on here that does uh, he does not fucking exist. I've never heard of this person in my life. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got two. I'm going to go ahead and give you. Have you ever in your life heard of Ty Cartier? Oh, I know he's Cartier? new. He's like or they brought him up Cartier? and he scored. Yeah, but yeah, he's new. He's like brand new. Uh, so that's eleven. The you want to tell me? You want me to tell you who you're missing, or you want to keep going? No, I should know these. Uh, Bjork Bjorkstrand. That's twelve. Yep. Um, bu- 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 going through their lineup, Jeremy McCann missing... just started playing again. 
Right. So he doesn't have a goal yet. Have one. You're missing one player with three goals, but I wouldn't expect this player to have three goals. <laughs> and you're missing a couple with two, one of whom. Um, oh, Wenberg? Yes. Yeah, look at me knowing all these Seattle Kraken. Yeah, you're doing great. Um, what, who else is on this team? Grubauers. <laughs> um, well, he does have two. Okay, I'll 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 spare the listeners. Who's the who's the other? All right, five? Justin Schultz has oh, three fuck. somehow and nine oh, points. Forgot he's, he's even on that team. team. In points, are tied for the lead with our boy Jaden uh, and our boy Yanni. Um, then you said Winberg. You forgot Ellie Tolvanen. Oh shit! You're right. Um, and Will Borgen and Daniel Sprong were the other two. That oh, Jeff Merrick would be so upset that I forgot yeah, Daniel I know, Sprong. His favorite player. Freaking sucking that dude off. Was Daniel um, Sprong the one who was a blue for? Uh, no, I'm thinking of Bo Bennett. He's the former. Sprong was like a weird one. That's kind of like Jared McCann, where like he bounced around forever, and to the point where I was like, "So you're like a wash." Like I really thought Jared mm-hmm. McCann was a freaking oh. wash. Yeah, it was like okay, and then he scored forty freaking goals this year, and I'm like, you can't just be a fucking <laughs> wash and then score forty goals. I'm like, that's not how it works. Yeah, dude, he was like in Vancouver, and then he was in Florida, or he was like in Florida, then Vancouver, and then he was on Pittsburgh for a while, and it was like, yep, yeah, Jeremy McCann, like top ten pick, I think, and I was like, not not working, not happening, and then bang, freaking forty goals, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now that I name all those players and you name the rest of them and everything, and I think about them, I'm like, well, I guess it makes sense that they would like be good. <laughs> it seems kind of weird to say that, but like, yeah. they have players that have won the cup. They have experience. Speaking of Wash, though, one of the three players that hasn't scored a goal, Ryan Donato, dude, hang up this game. <laughs> now there's a guy who's bounced around. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, you're like you're like yesterday's Daniel Sprong. That's right. Daniel Sprong and Bo Bennett. I remember both of them being being like hyped on the Penguins and then mm. just not good. Oh, yeah. I love those players where it, they're like, watch out for this dude. And you hear it just enough. And then they're like, like, remember Sam Steele was supposed to be a player? Mm. And now he's just in Minnesota. I'm just like, hi, I'm Sam Steele. I'm like, weren't you supposed to be like a revelation in Anaheim or something? Yeah. Or maybe that's just me always like over. I feel like certainly I definitely was on NHL. Uh, for a few years on shell you know yeah i think that like influences some of that like I i'm just, sure but i mean I'm i like, think oh, that should be based good. on semi-real stuff right so it's not like nothing you know that's true that's true uh-oh here come the hurricanes oh 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 very nice drop pass but no goal well, the other Martin, games even started martinuk has been like wayne gretzky for two weeks so um he's been really good that's all i'm saying he's been really fucking good what did kevin bx to say he's trending hurricanes goals jordan martinuk has nine points in 10 games um but yeah that series uh you know may actually end while we're doing this podcast um but it's going to be hard for the devils to win three in a row in a second consecutive series (laughs) um the uh, next least interesting series to me, 
all three of these are interesting, but um, I'm going to go Dallas, Seattle, because I just still don't believe Seattle can actually do it. <laughs> um, I should. I mean, they did it before and they're mm-hmm. great. They've, they've been taking it to Jake Ottinger. They've been, uh, uh, you know, scoring goals from all over the ice. I just fundamentally don't know if I believe that they can take down the Stars two games out of three in the next two games, next three games. You disagree? Excuse me? It's hard. I mean, I really do think even if Dallas wins tonight, I mean, obviously there's a game six. I feel like Seattle wins. I think it's a, I think it's going to game seven. I mean, I just don't see Seattle rolling over um at this point with what they've shown unless they just run out of gas for some reason um because i always want with them and with the the fuck (laughs) somebody's got a sign in carolina that says you can't spell dynasty without stasny which first of all yes you can and second (laughs) of all that's the player that you're like weirdly pumping yeah i I like the reach i enjoy the and third of all third of all you ain't got He's not your dynasty. You ain't got a dynasty, and he's only been there for a season. Yeah, I don't think winning the cup in two thousand six, and then we leap to seventeen years later. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> sorry. This is going to be the rest of the podcast. This is fun to watch uh, hockey. Paul says he's thirty-seven. How'd they lock down that coveted Top Golf sponsorship? I wonder. It's because Tom Dunn didn't. I was was literally going to guess. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm pretty sure he's like involved in the ownership anyway. Tom Dundon, Top Golf. Paul Stasny had 22 points this year, 45 last year. Damn. Dude had 21 goals last year. What the fuck? But for Winnipeg. Um, Yeah, he doesn't outright own it, but he's a big principal investor, a large shareholder. yeah, I don't know. I think I would agree with you. I think Dallas is probably going to win the series, but I think it's still going to go to seven. Yeah, the Kraken have found a way. And if it goes to seven, anybody can win it, you know, because at that point, it's just puck luck, baby. Speaking right. of puck luck, Lindy Russ in this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fucking you know. Puck luck. Wait, was he coaching Dallas, I believe, in right? 2016 then? I guess. I think, yeah, yeah, that's it. Always blows my mind that we played Dallas. And then San Jose, like Dallas round two, San Jose round three, both in uh-huh. 16 and 19. Cause I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm like, am I having deja vu? Didn't we beat you in a game <laughs> seven too? Um, Didn't yeah, we I th- fucking and- stomp them in the first game seven? Wasn't that? The oh yeah. The game seven like, against Dallas was the Dallas opposite of game seven in 2019. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess we just win. It, that was it, so weird. We were watching that together too, weren't we? Cause it was just like, oh, this, I don't know how to feel. So yeah, here. I was like, I guess, I guess they just win the game. It was like five to nothing before they scored. Which I a goal. guess is, you know, if it wasn't Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final, is kind of how that would have felt eventually. You know, after the certainly in early in the third, but like, yeah. you know, wild. It was just bonkers. Um, the Vegas uh, Edmonton series is it's very Nasty. good. It's very good, except I. I there's part of me that wants Edmonton to win. And then there's part of me that is like bought into the fucking wild semifinal situation where it's like Seattle and Vegas, Vegas versus, <laughs> you know, Carolina and Florida. Like, Oh, that'd be fun. But both of these teams would be the most disappointing of those four options, you know, like either way. 
Um, but I that's true. It is true that really what you need, what would be more fun, even if we don't necessarily like want it for each team, would definitely be Dallas versus Edmonton and Toronto versus New Jersey. <laughs> like those are like the series where it's like, oh, this is fucking this is crazy. Um, and then the opposite's kind of like this is new and different, but not not quite as fun. Mm-hmm. I uh, the the weird thing about the, the uh, hurricanes are on a power play thanks to Eunice Siegenthaler, by the way, oh, who I boy. believe got it fucking benched last series, and maybe shouldn't have been. Um, Siegen, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say Siegen Mahler. That's right. See him, Mall. Never mind. I go <laughs> too far. Um, Edmonton Vegas has just been blowouts back and forth. Although that's kind of been a lot of these second round series minus Toronto Florida. I've really been like one team shows up and scores six goals and then the mm-hmm. other team goes, we can't play like that. And the presser yeah. and then they fucking score six goals next <laughs> game and their coach is like, we can't play like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we have two teams show up at the same time, perhaps, which I guess you're getting in this Carolina Devils game right now, at least score wise. Um, yeah, it's the Vegas Edmonton series has gotten really nasty. We've obviously touched on the Petro stuff. Um, then nurse gets a like automatic, uh, game for being like third man in instigator in the last five minutes of a game. Um, Pat or Patrick Kane, uh, Vander Kane's wailing on Colasar mm-hmm. after the whistle. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. Dry still freaking going off like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think part of it, why I want Edmonton to advance is just like, yo, I just want to see dry be like get like 30 goals Seven, in the postseason in the postseason. and just be like well like they should just literally like slide the con Smythe to them like mid freaking finals and be like well you're obviously the one so don't even worry whether you win or lose i can't um, wait i can't wait until they win a cup and thrice wins the con Smythe, and the narrative becomes is connor mcdavid <laughs> yes. the best player on the edmonton oilers and you know go. it will That'd you be know hilarious. it will like, I mean, he's really good, but he isn't that the best not right the, now. He's not like when the best. When the trophy, maybe, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> maybe he's been riding Dreisaitl's coattails and we just didn't fucking know. <laughs> if you look at the clips. We were anything, wrong all along. Yeah. It's not about Dreisaitl being on that line. It's about McDavid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck Arizona loser. spelled backwards is still Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> So you banish it to the shadow realm. That's a, that's a deep community cut for those out there who think I've lost my mind. I know that it's not actually spelled Arizona. Folks, I would folks, never purge That was myself. a joke. I do think that's one of the most interesting series, though, because like you said, uh, n- there has not yet been a game where both teams have showed up. Um, I can't imagine it stays that way. Like one of these games has to be close. Well, but Well, I really think like Vegas, if you want to win, like they made they... – Who's their guy? Who's their who's the guy that plays with Petro, their young defender? I want to say Montour, that's not his name. Oh, um, McNabb. No, no not McNabb um, either. Oh shit. I'll look it up. Vegas. Keep talking. No, well, anyways, you keep talking. He made he made a lot of like uh he got called for like a number of different penalties in last night's game. And then Edmonton lights those guys up on the power play, and that's their bread and butter. And it's just like you can't you can't let them have those power play opportunities. And I feel like if you're Vegas and you stay disciplined, you can beat the Oilers. Like they're much Uh better at five on five, but they just so happen to, at least to this point, every other game, 
fucking lose their minds. Mar- it's not Martinez. Hag or Theodore? Theodore. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Shay Theodore. I don't know why I get Shay Theodore mixed up with Brandon Montour. I don't, I don't need, really know why, but I Are they both do. Sabres at one point? Oh, Carolina wins. Of course. <laughs> you know how I knew they were going to win, too? Was it Stasny? Wait, hold up. Keep talking. You can't spell Dynasty without Stasny. You can't. Can you hear this on the mic? No. Okay. That's fine. I don't know how you can, because it's super loud, but okay. They Who cut it, it out. Freaking uh, Zoom knows. Zoom's like, that's freaking background noise. Dude. Oh, it was Coke and Yummy Tip by 71. Who's 71 on them? That's an ugly number. That's got to be some fourth liner. But Stastny was on the ice, so that almost counts. <laughs> that's you a plus. You can't spell Dynasty without Stastny. Imagine taking a run at Rod the Bond. They made it to they made it to the Eastern Conference Final in 2019. Yeah, they played Boston, and Boston dirt roaded them uh-huh. and swept yeah. them on the well, way. To Boston's the... not going to dirt road them this year. I'll tell you Man. that. Much. Um, let's talk about the series we've been putting off talking about. Florida up three to one on Toronto. I'm terrified that they're going to reverse sweep, but I don't think they can. I the, <sighs> the rational part of me thinks. The rational part of me knows that even if a team hypothetically could reverse sweep, Toronto Maple Leafs aren't that good. That's true. There's going to be a moment. Even if they got to game seven, they'd still fall apart at some point. Um, And uh, Oh, for real. If it gets to game seven, I would almost, I would, if they look really good in game, whatever it is, five and six. uh Uh-huh. And have all the momentum going to game seven. I still pick Florida in game seven because it's the Toronto oh, Maple yeah. Leafs. Because uh-huh. that's, oh, yeah. I mean, they were down 3 1 against Boston in 2013. And then they were yeah. up 3 nothing in game seven yeah. to Boston. Then Boston scored like four unanswered goals and just won. And but that's the most, you, that's the saddest thing ever. Let me tell you something very clearly. And I want this to be understood and heard by everyone in St. Louis. If Joseph Wool subs into this series and becomes the reason that the Maple Leafs do reverse sweep the Florida Panthers. I will burn Darden Prairie to the ground the next time I'm in St. Louis. I will do it. I will take it all the way down to the studs, and you will not be able to find it on a map anymore, even if you could before. So take that and do what you will. I will salt the fields too. I will salt the earth. It will be fucking Sherman through Georgia's, except it will be the much less memorable Stephen through Darden Prairie. And instead of becoming a national uh, war hero, I will become a criminal who will be put to death, but uh, it will be worth it. (laughs) Well Um, worth it. Darden Prairie is out by Lake St. Louis. Of course it's from out there. That's where the money is. That's where the new old money is. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I do kind of, I'm a little worried that the Maple Leafs, they have the talent, like on paper, they, they should be the team without any history. They should be the team that's able to win three games in a row against Florida, but given their history and given the, the curse that hangs over that team, I just don't think they can win three in a row, or I guess it would be four in a row. Um, maybe they win tomorrow because it's in Toronto. I don't know if that's more pressure on them then, though. I do kind of think that. I'm like, oh, now we really, I mean, we literally have to win. And it's at home, and here we go. And we're grabbing our sticks a little tight. 
Yeah, um, I, th- I think they do lose tomorrow. I think that's it. Florida could have won that game. Obviously, it was only a one-goal game at the end. I really do think Florida got in their own heads and were like, oh, we're up 3-0. Three, three we don't have to win this game. And they were they looked a little cute. There were a couple times I watched them have, like, really good, I guess, like, good scoring opportunities, and they'd pass it back for, like, oh, here's the open defenseman skating in for the greatest opportunity. And as much as we hate on Toronto, they're still a very good team, and they definitely knew they could not allow a goal. They were stick-checking, like, everything. There was, like, no – there were no opportunities. There were no times we could make a good opportunity to a great one by making another pass or something. So, like, mm-hmm. they tried that all night, and it just never worked. And it was like, man, I think if you guys just simplified it, did the old north – you know, play more north-south and direct, they could have they could have probably taken it um, – but yeah, we'll we'll see. Like like you said, when I look at it, I don't think, think like, they have the guts. That's the thing, and you've got this great little talk I want you to do about winning in the playoffs here in a minute. But when I look at these two teams and think like, which of these teams is gonna fuck away a single game? And not a, not even <laughs> three games, but a single one just by losing their mental. Um, that's still Toronto. Oh yeah, <laughs> so like. They're you still know. they're playing on a knife's edge mentally. Like and you it's can't, just... and that's the thing is like you can't be like, well, they're going to show up for the all the must win games because it's Toronto. Um, game three was must win, and they that was their worst game of the series. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, uh, I'm I the the conspiracy theorist in me wants to think, oh no, we're in trouble. Toronto's going to come back and win this thing, uh, but I don't. I don't really believe that. So talk to us. You've got this interesting little coda in here about with winning in the playoff why don't you talk about that yeah like i was thinking a lot about this um there was more more in here for when i thought toronto's gonna lose last night but they didn't Mm -hmm. but still i think um when you watch the playoffs and we as like blues fans have seen the blues win the stanley cup and we've seen a lot of playoff success and failure obviously like i think it's really easy i won't say easy maybe easy in like retrospect but like to be able to pick out teams that can and can't go far in the playoffs after a couple of games, um, even within like just the first series. And a lot of it just has to do with like, as a team makeup, I think Elliot Friedman talks about this a lot in 32 thoughts. And then of all the things they say, this is the thing I tend to agree the most with, which is just that you have to have these three things to like win the playoffs. You have to have your star players being your best players. You have to have, depth on your team showing up at key times and then you have to have good goaltending or like clutch goal contending which in the sum of everything is like you're just saying you have to have a good team which is true but I think a lot of it has to do with how you can dissect teams that aren't that it's like what part of this team is not clicking a lot of times it's really easy to see when goaltender has the yips and you just don't have it or whatever Um, but then sometimes it is depth like not showing up like for a long time that was Edmonton's problem right like Dreisaitl McDavid they scored all the points and then they Mm -hmm. just didn't have anyone behind them doing anything else and you can't just win with like a couple of stars doesn't work unless they're really putting on like career performances and probably you're getting like all the bounces Um, and then yeah you also have your stars show up which is kind of like Toronto's problem normally like sometimes they will have depth scoring Kerfoot scores Lafferty scores but all of a sudden you don't have um, Riley playing good defense. You don't have Matthews and Marner showing up in big games. And so that sinks you too. 
Um, and like when you look at the Blues and their their run in 2019, they had all that stuff. You had your stars and Tarasenko and and Schwartz and Shen and O'Reilly and Perron all scoring. Um, and they don't have to score in every single series and every single game, but you need those guys to ebb and flow through the lineup. Like Schwartz had two different hat tricks in two different series. Tarasenko is like a big factor in the San Jose series specifically. Um, O'Reilly was a huge factor in the Boston series. Like you just have these guys showing up at different times. Um, and then you also have like depth players like Dunn played well, Edmondson played well, Steam, Barbashev, Sunquist, they all had their like moments. Like you need mm. that sort of thing. And then obvious, like the most obvious thing, you have Bennington standing on his head. Um, and I think just when you look at some team like the Maple Leafs, that's their issue, right? Is like in the past, it's been goaltending, like with Freddie Anderson. It's also always when their star is not showing up. Sometimes they don't have depth either. And people kind of look at it and they're like, why doesn't this work? I don't understand. Like they're built for, you know, they're built to win. And it's like, they're built to win in the regular season. And as much as it kind of sucks, I understand it. Or like, I understand from other fan bases. I do kind of enjoy that. The, the, the playoffs change the sport a bit. It, it becomes harder. It becomes a little more hard nosed. And you do have to just kind of throw away the sort of like, cutesy between the legs stuff and just like jam at people's feet to score a goal like I don't know it just makes it feel a lot more like on the edge like you have the scores if you don't you're out like you but lose that's this also game. like a thin excuse because like good teams win in both like the, oh the, for sure the Blackhawks were good the Penguins are good you know like you figure out how to win Toronto saying that as an excuse is just like yeah you haven't figured out how to do it <laughs> That's because well, that's, you're yeah. stupid, not because the playoffs are broken. You know? And that's and that's kind of sort of what I was thinking too. Like when I think when I when I worry a little bit about whether or not they're gonna like come back and win, I'm like, I don't think they are because they just don't have those things. Like maybe Joseph mm-hmm. Wall is a fantastic goaltender for them, or Samson is playing. And I do think this is probably their best like performing lineup top to bottom in the playoffs, like with O'Reilly and, and Achari and um mm-hmm. McCabe and everybody they added but like it's still not enough it's not enough of those things it's not your stars always showing up it's not like really key depth players other than honestly O'Reilly um who like I think on their second goal was a really big screen and I was like ah there he is there he is doing what he's what he's paid to do Mm -hmm. um well and I think like you look at Matthews and Marner just not showing up in game three and it's like hmm. You can't ever have that in the playoffs. And that's the thing is like, it gets corny to be like, you know, it's a second season. It's a mm. whole different, you know, but that it's fucking true, man. It's a two month postseason. The Carolina hurricane, we think how long the playoffs already feel. And then remember the fact that the hurricanes are the only team now that have even accomplished half of the mm. job they still win like, two more series yeah they are literally only 50 percent of the way there and they're ahead of everyone else this is a ruling gauntlet of games that there's a reason they say it's the hardest thing to win like half the teams left in the playoffs are using a different goalie than they started with mm-hmm. and I, I was listening to puck soup uh today which i think is honestly my favorite hockey podcast by a good distance now i really i like the chemistry of those two guys without um all all due respect which is not a ton uh um, but uh but 
they were talking about like you know the jason robertson has been kind of mediocre for the mm-hmm. stars and they were talking about it and they're like you can look at that two ways you can look at that as oh shit the stars got to win this series without jason robertson really clicking or you can look at it as oh shit the stars are two games around from the third two wins away from the third round and how long is jason robertson gonna stay cold because it's probably not going to be for two months you mm-hmm. know and like that's the thing it's like you're going to have stretches in the postseason where every player isn't clicking, like every individual different player, I guess, except maybe Leon Dreisaitl and <laughs> Conor McDavid, like, you know, but there have probably been games where those guys haven't scored and that team's lost, I'm sure, in those games. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody yeah. on the roster is going to have stretches where they're crucial and stretches where they're irrelevant. And, you know, I bet if, if we really took some time to think about it, we could name a moment for almost every Blues player on that 2019 roster where they were the difference maker. You, oh, know, yeah. you can talk about Bozak's game-winning goals or Gunnarsson's or the trip on a chart. Yeah, or just Maroon, or, the OT. Or Pat Maroon, yeah, yeah. Or, um, or Robert Thomas, who, you know, wasn't a key player on the roster necessarily going into the postseason, at least – you know, he was important, but you mm. wouldn't think of him as a central central player and became more and more of one as that postseason wore on. Like um, all of those things, all of those players played a role. And I'm sure if we did some digging, we could find, you know, Robert Bortuzzo and so whoever yeah, else. Like, yeah. And he punched uh, Zach Sanford a bunch. Like, oh, yeah. you know, all those players had a moment or several moments where they were significant where they played a role and that matters. And I think with the Maple Leafs, it's, you know, it's that thing. You you say it's a parody and it is a parody, but like they fucking celebrated getting out of the first round. Like they'd done the whole job, you know, and they just hadn't. <laughs> and, and I know that, they were trying to do that for five years. <laughs> That's another thing, like obviously, uh, oh, by the way, the stars are up to nothing. This series is over. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, down goes Brown. Sean McIndoe was talking about like, there are people in his mentions who are like, well, you can't, even if they do get swept, which this was recorded before last night's game, but they're like, even if they do get swept, you can't say this team needs major changes. Changes aren't necessary. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like he's, he's a Leafs fan, but sane, you know, (laughs) and he's like, and they're like, well, all for 19 years you've been talking about how they need to escape the first round and now they've done it and you're not willing to say that's an accomplishment it feels like you're moving the goalposts. Oh, <laughs> and, and he said and he said that would be like if i if i told my deadbeat lazy son to get out of bed for 19 days straight and then he finally did and then he fell down the stairs <laughs> he's like am i supposed to not treat that like that's also a problem <laughs> i feel like that's the thing is like you know um i know ryan lambert i was was very much on the bandwagon and being like they haven't really done fucking anything. They won a first round series where they weren't the better team most of the time. Like mm. that's going to happen. And I feel like didn't Freed say that a little bit too? Like, Oh yeah. Wasn't he a little bit on the, like, let's not put the cart before the ho- horse sort of thing. Um, 
but man, that city just does it. And oh yeah, I mean they were definitely like I this really team feels different. And I'm, I but they said that in previous years, and you're like, but they'll be like every year they'll say no, 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 no. But th- this is different though this time. Yeah. And it's like, and if they're gone, if you if all you did was win two more games than you have in the past, and it just so happens that that straddles the yeah. first and second round, I get that's a mental block. I get that's it's not just five games or whatever. But if that's all it is and i remember like i remember we've talked about it before but there was that series where we one year got we won two games against the kings in the first round Mm. and then the next year um we got to the second round and then got swept by them i think was how it played out oh no the first first year we played the kings we got to the second round and got second round got swept by them first round we won two games against them and armstrong was like this is progress and i'm like I don't oh, believe great. you. Oh, I like when it's progress. I'm like, bro, I get it's that team that swept us in the second round, but we this are, was in the first round. Yeah, we are farther away than we were last time. He literally walks backwards and says, this is progress. Like, it's uh, crazy how you can win a full series and be nowhere frigging close to winning this thing. Like, oh. no. And I mean, uh, it's also for like the Leafs and stuff and for any team, it's like how, like how do you show up? Like if they if you get swept i mean the sweep's a sweep but like if you get swept but it's like every game is like overtime and every game mm-hmm. is like a one goal game it's like yeah man it's not you know you can actually say it's not what the scoreboard said or whatever like we tried and it just so happened we lost every game and yeah that says something about us but like we were trying our butts off it's that the leafs lose these games and they can point to players being like they didn't fucking try and it's like yeah that's the problem you don't that's gonna you didn't show up get an end year. deep enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to show up next year and next year and next year. And I was going to say, it's kind of like my two other points is just like outside of what your team needs, like specifically when you take it apart, stars, depth, a goaltender. Like, I think the biggest thing for me, the two biggest things is A, you have to like endure as like a player and as a team, like things mm-hmm. aren't going to go your way. You will lose games, but you mm-hmm. have to be able to like bounce back or even within a game, you just have to not allow like the other team to quote unquote, get you off your game. Like, Oh, they're going to punish you. They're going to take you in the corner. They're going to get in your face. You have to, you have to skate through that. You have to like stick to what you're good at. You have to stick mm-hmm. to your team's game plan and everything. And you just have to be able to bounce back from this stuff. Because if you can't, if you can't like endure the playoffs and the punishment, like it's over before it's even started. Like there's nothing yeah. Oh, yeah. you can do. You see those teams fold immediately in the first round normally. Like you, that's, it's the the haves and the have-nots immediately. It's like, and this team barely scraped in the playoffs and they're happy and they fucking fold because they don't have the spine for it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I feel like every time a, a team wins the Stanley Cup, it's always people being like, that team's full of pricks. That team's mm-hmm. full of fucking assholes. Like the other team that wins will always be like, that team's full of fucking jerks. And it's like, yeah, dude, because like, visit like in terms of their play like just having to hammer your team and get in their face and fucking rough them up and score dirty goals and run over the goaltender and blah blah that's what you have to do to win and so the team that does the most of that does the most effectively wins the cup i mean on top of you know having all their stars show up and all that other stuff but like because they are mentally tough and physically tough and they bounce back and they don't get shaken from other teams doing that to them they win and that's why I always thought it was so funny when they were like, the Blues are a bunch of fucking assholes from like Boston fans. I'm like, dude, every that's fine. I'm not going to disagree with you, but it's like, 
that's what people thought about the Penguins for two back-to-back years. That's what everyone thought about the Capitals the year before that. That's what everyone thought about you in 2011. Every year, people thought that about the fucking Abs, who I don't even think are that like greasy, but they're like fucking pieces of shit. And it's like, yeah, that's what, that's what happens. So whenever I see a team like the Leafs, and I'm like, there's no one on there, they're gonna be like fucking piece of shit. Like it's just mm-hmm. they they don't they don't have that right makeup. And then I think another thing to the Leafs point or whatever that we're talking about is like you have to elevate every single round every single round you have to get better Mm -hmm. like you can't just be the same and I think and you know why that is is because you are playing teams that have won yeah that's what I mean like you're by definition like the teams you beat weren't as successful as the next team you play when you play in the stanley cup finals and i get this isn't always the case because sometimes there have been lopsided ones but you're playing the other best team or at very least and when you get to the conference final one of those two scenarios you're playing like the other best team yeah and it just it's you have to even if you're not playing the other best team like carolina and and you're playing the Florida team like clearly the aren't feeder. the best team from the east but you're playing the teams that made it yeah well that's and the they thing beat too. the other best team yeah. you know or whatever the case may be you're like, playing a team that's definitely like believes in itself and is like um gelling better than they ever have you know at this point like you're mm-hmm. playing a team that quote unquote probably doesn't have a lot of holes for you to, yeah. for you to you know minus any sort of like injuries or whatever but like you're playing a pretty airtight team. I mean, I would say that even again, when we fucking played Boston, like, fuck. Like, I was oh, not yeah. excited. I mean, I was excited to be in the final, but I definitely remember thinking, like, I really, honest to God, thought when we drew them in the final, I was like, you know what? I would like a couple wins. I think I would like a couple wins because I mm-hmm. just don't know that we, can, that we can be, despite us beating the Jets and the Stars and the Sharks. Oh, yeah. I still was like, I don't know if we can do this. They just swept the Easter Conference <laughs> final. Um, Who did they beat in that final? The Hurricanes. The Hurricanes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm the Hurricane, I'm feeling pretty good against Florida or Toronto. Oh, baby. I'm Even if Toronto that. comes back from like that, I'd still be like, eh, I'll take you. The That's weird fine. thing is it literally feels like every team's cup to lose. Like it it's, genuinely it's does. Like this feels this like the most, the most wide open. Wide open Hey, look yeah. at this. Look at that. You said the same thing I Two said. Guys, one brain. That's right. <laughs> but um, like I, I genuinely, you could tell me any team wins the cup right now, and I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but I think the only sense. one that, and the personally because they're down two nothing, the only one I'd be like, oh wow, is like the Kraken, you know. Mm. But any of the other ones, it's, I guess not Toronto at this point. I would be pretty surprised, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, like yeah. Um, any of the other six. Let's talk really quickly about this Phillies Philadelphia Flyers statement. Are the Breer ones funny or are they just um words? no, they're just okay. they're I would like to point out Keith Jones. Keith Jones, who has always been on your TV since since uh, NBC is, Sports Network was the home life, home outdoor network, is uh, now their president of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I he mean, says, I'm just, okay. Go ahead. He says, today is one of the most humble and proudest days of my life to be able to lead this team back to the winning tradition that everyone knows it can and should be is an honor is a true honor and one that I do not take lightly. I consider the Philadelphia Flyers organization, the gold standards of the NHL and professional sports. Do you? 
you fucking paid attention lately, bro? I've seen how this city and these fans can rally around their team, and there's nothing that compares to that feeling. Was he? Well, he was a flyer, right? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't the one that threw the shoe, though, right? That was no, no, no. Yeah, that was what's his name? Mike Milbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with this leadership group in place, I am beyond excited and fully confident that we are on the right path and the results will come. And Danny Breer, one of my favorite players of all time, I've been very clear on that, says, to say this has been a dream of mine would be an understatement. I truly believe this is an exciting time for the Flyers with the steps that we've taken this past season, the way our team has responded to the standard that was set both on and off the ice and the path that we are on. There's a lot of work to be done, but these last few months have only strengthened my resolve and made me even more eager to rebuild this team and deliver this city a Stanley Cup. I also really like that these are graphics that I could have made in Adobe Express, mm-hmm. all three of them very easily. Um, that gives me confidence. You know, you just put a little negative uh, filter on that background and put some opacity yeah. on that black and you're good to go. Yeah, someone's kid did a really good job. That's right. Uh, and did you see the like blur, like the the print line that was on the <laughs> statement? <laughs> I know, like, oh, very good. I'm like, Rough. just can't edit for uh, shit. The real funny one, though, was the Philadelphia Flyers, like, team statement. They said, the Philadelphia Flyers organization was built on relentless ambition and loyalty to this city. When you're playing for Philadelphia, you're playing to win, and you're giving it your all. That's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said <laughs> so. <laughs> because when you represent this city, nothing less is acceptable than what's been happening for the last <laughs> five years. That extends beyond the ice, too. It's about character. You have uh, Tony D'Angelo on your team still, right? <laughs> Sacrifice, integrity, and most importantly, resilience in every single thing we do. When you don the orange and black, you're held to a specific set of standards and you're expected to show up and work your ass off. Is that true for Ivan Provorov? Every <laughs> single day. It's about doing things the right way. No excuses, no shortcuts. This is a new era of hockey and we're building a new foundation for the future. New ways to work, new ways to train and new ways to win. It's still just having more goals than the other team, right? That's yeah. the only, <laughs> new that's ways. The only we the have new pot. voices, new perspectives, perspectives and new plans but this is still flyers hockey so the goal remains the same win which yeah you failed at that for like a decade bro that's <laughs> the point of you doing this welcome to a new era of orange just like don't make statements just I know, do, what is what are you supposed to think now like that they're gonna just be make a better you? team yeah that's that sounded desperate man just build a better team and then you'll have proof of concept and you can rely on that. This sounds like we still have John Tortorella for a while. So we're working our asses off. I love that they said ass in this. Or work your ass off. I don't care. I don't know. Sometimes with sports, I enjoy the fun of it more. And sometimes when they do this whole thing, we're like, we got to prove to the fans that we have integrity or blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. Like, you don't have to talk about, this is a sport. This is not, I know this is people's jobs and whatever, but I like, you don't. Know, I don't know. You don't have to like, give me some shit. Like this is like, in, like important. We have a hockey podcast. We care a lot about hockey. Yeah. And just the fact that they're making this feel so important. Like this is an important statement. I'm like, I don't, if I was a Flyers fan, I'd be like, yeah, just, be better if you literally don't say any words and be a better team and i'll be like wow i love the philadelphia flyers 
I don't need any statement from the Blues about a retool or whatever. Just like literally win more games next year and look better. And I'll be like, I love the team that dons the blue and yellow. I don't know. It's just, they wrote a lot of words to quell something. Are people in Philly like busting down the door? Like I know they're pissed, but like it's the summer at this point. So like, what is this for? I think that's my problem. Like, what is this for? Yeah. Are you about to do something bad? <laughs> that sounds like, yo, so. We yeah, are going to play at a college arena, but the Philadelphia Flyers organization was built on relentless ambition. <laughs> that's right. Their ambition is deep. Um, it's wild. But the Flyers will not win a Stanley Cup in a long time, much mm-hmm. like... Uh, the um, Maple Leafs will not win the Stanley Cup in a long time. I really do think with the Leafs, I don't know if I believe that they'll win a cup in our lifetime. I really don't. I think they have bought into the curse. They bought them pretty hard. And they're going to need like Mark Messier as a captain and um like Joel Quinville is a head coach at the same time <laughs> to break through. Um, and I just don't know. Ian, we talked a lot of hockey tonight. It's 1030 my time. Do you have anything else to say? I will say there's a lot of um, hockey talking heads that are out here that are actually like kicking back at the NHL for only giving Petro one game. Apparently on Sportsnet, Bieksa was like, this is horse. <laughs> and I guess oh, really? And then I guess apparently, um, or something along those lines. And I guess, who do they have? Who's their coach? It's not Lalonde that's on there right now. It's um, Eakins. I guess Eakins is sort of like, oh, I don't know. I think it makes sense, blah, blah, blah. And I guess BX was like, yo, you do know the NHL is not hiring right now. And I was like, oh, damn, fucking rip them. I don't know. It's just interesting. Even Craig Button, who's like normally just some sleazy whatever dude, is like, Petrangelo needs to be suspended more than one game for brutal slash. That's funny. That's not what you were quoting, obviously, but Kevin Bieksa is a poor man's <laughs> Paul Bissonette. Oh yeah, Paul Missinet. I still remember Kessler holding Cam Talbot's leg, the Blake cheating. Are you hearing this? Yeah. Okay, Mark Spector, he says. Wow. I can't find the clip you want, though. I guess I should try. BX of Petrangelo. Oh, 71 is Fast. I was like, who is this guy that scores? Jesper Fast? Jesper Fast. I typed BX of Petrangelo, and the first tweet that came up under top was from March 11th, 2016. Petrangelo blocks a big shot from BX, and that one stung a bit. He didn't leave the bench, though. That's good. Uh, people do not have. Am I not spelling Bexa right? How do you spell Bexa? Um, B I E K S A. That's what I thought. Am I not spelling Petrangelo right? Have I forgotten? Well, there are not a lot of tweets about this. Okay, well, I'm going to trust you that it happened, and just take your word for it. But in any case, would you like to say anything else? Oh no. I've got no words. I've got no words for the NHL and their their lackadaisical um, dealings of stuff. My brain's my brain farts now. 
my brain's also farts. I agree with that. I, oh, let me tell you about my week, Ian, for the for the listeners, because we teased it earlier. Here's what's happened, okay? Or do you want to hear the story or not? Are you no, I do. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I should say, because we do talk wrestling a lot on this podcast, um, if you didn't watch not just you specifically but the you the general you that might listen to wrestling on this podcast if you didn't watch wwe backlash this past saturday from puerto rico like go out of your way to find it and rewatch it it was one of the most fun wrestling events that i can remember i would say more fun than wrestlemania and wrestlemania this year was pretty lit but just in terms of the absolute fun uh bad bunny coming out is like the greatest reaction I've ever heard in any like environment so ever. Wild. It was wild. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But then, okay, so Monday night I went to Raw in Jacksonville and we sat in the ringside area. Now we sat in the back corner of the ringside area, but we were technically VIPs, which means we got to cape the chair. Uh, I got an autograph from EO Sky, you know, which is a thing, Let's I guess. Go. And a cool little person, ringsider, uh, knock off wwe belt which is actually higher quality than the little plastic wwe belt <laughs> that my boss got me um this one makes a lovely uh gauntlet for your wrists i guess anyway but then i did that and then tuesday i had to go in for uh a uh, appointment with an endodontist that i had scheduled like a month ago to get a root canal like check-in because they have to do like they do get the recommendation, but then of course, like all doctors, they have to do their own x-rays and shit, you know, oh, yeah. to make sure that the other doctor wasn't lying. <laughs> or whatever. He, go, he goes, look, doctors tend to lie. I've lied quite a yeah. bit in my time. <laughs> so I go in there, they take the same x-rays the other doctor takes. Then I wait for 19 minutes for the, you know, for the endodontist to be free to come over and talk to me. And then he's like, yeah, so you're going to need a root canal on that tooth. And I'm like, thanks, motherfucker. I, I knew that coming in. You know, to be fair, they said I'd have an $80 copay and I didn't have any copay. So I will take that because uh, if they'd charged me that in addition to the surgery costs, I would have been out the door. So they scheduled that for Thursday morning. Then last night got wild. We were supposed to record last night. OK, but there is a man at our office who is the owner of the company, the owner and founder of the company. Um that bought our company. This man is a multi, multi, multi billionaire. Like he hangs out with Warren Buffett, like he's a uh, Berkshire Hathaway stakeholder kind of guy. That's why he's in the U.S. was he was at the big Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting in Omaha last weekend. And then he came to Jacksonville for a few days. Um, it's the first time I met a son who's like taking over the company multiple times. And his son's a, a very, also a billionaire, but also, you know, very nice, very approachable kind of guy. But I'd always heard that this guy was like, you know, serious business. Um, and he you is, but, but he's very, very kind, but like very intense, you know, I would say very well-meaning, but intense. And I had not really interacted with him all day. And then I walked into the hallway at 4.20 PM, no pun intended, thinking I was just going to have like leave the office fairly shortly, you know, and go about my business. We had friends in town who weren't always there. So we were going to go have some beers and then I was going to come do the podcast and it was going to be a normal night. And then I walked into the hallway and my German boss who does live here all the time was like, Hey, do you mind meeting with the guy for a few minutes? 
And I was like, yeah, of course, happy to. And he was like, he, he kind of like pulled me aside and he's like, okay, he's he's very intense. He's going to ask questions. Don't be offended by them. And I was like, what questions is he going to ask that I'm going to be offended by? And, I, and he was like, it's all, you know, he's a very nice guy, but just, you know, be ready. And I'm like, okay, all right. I'm walking in nervous. Thanks for that. I needed that. <laughs> and then I was proceeded to be in this room with this man for two straight hours being interrogated about things I should have known, but didn't know and feeling like the biggest idiot in the world. Justifiably, not his fault, my fault, 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 but justifiably feeling like the biggest idiot in the world. But it's fine. I'm told it's fine. I'm told it's all good and my career is safe. But in any case, I really needed a beer after that. So we went over to get beer and then a coworker and I uh, and our boss went uh, to Indian food in Jack's Beach, which when you come down, we'll probably wish you go there because it's really good. Oh, sounds freaking good. Um, and then we walked on the beach for like two hours and by the, or for not like two hours, but for like a, a, probably an hour. And by that time it was like 1130 and I got home and then I got, went up, got up, woke up and went straight to a root canal procedure this morning, which was great. They, no pain. Very, one of, with all due respect to uh, Dr. Alan Link, the great Dr. Alan Link in St. Louis, maybe the cleanest root canal I've ever had, maybe, considering it was on a, uh, a, a uh, wisdom tooth, even more incredible. Um, they did it on a oh, wisdom dang, tooth. Oh, really? Yeah, they did a wisdom tooth root canal instead of, um, instead of uh, just an extraction, because my bite is so stupidly crooked that they're like, oh, you need these to actually chew, unlike most functional human <laughs> beings. So we'll keep it in there. Uh, and then, you know, just had a normal day at work, which is already crazy enough. And so that's why I've been complaining about my week, because it's been insane. But I'm alive. And here we I'm are. Just, just having and a after retelling that enough. story, I'm like, Maybe I shouldn't have told this story. It's not that interesting. But to me, it was very interesting. What did you say? I was like, root canal alone is like an interesting week. Or is like oh, yeah. too much for one week. Oh, yeah. It's like, they're so interesting because it's like, I don't get nervous about them anymore, really. And I don't, they don't really cause me pain. Like I'm a little sore at the moment, but like I didn't feel a thing during the procedure. I wasn't nervous going into the procedure. Mm -hmm. I was fine. And yet they still feel like just the big, like just the word root canal, like causes terror, you know, <laughs> um, in any case. Uh, do not want. That's right. Um, that's it. That was my week. Um, sorry for boring everyone with that story. It's your choice to listen. This is a free medium. Don't don't <laughs> pop into it. the comments. Don't pop into the comments and be like, why'd Steven tell that story? It's your fault for listening. It's your fault that's, you're here. That's right. That's right. You made this choice. That's right. Exactly. So that's all I gotta say, folks. Uh Ian, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Um, you will be fine the maximum allowable amount under the CBA. Yeah, that's right. For listening to this episode. Congratulations, moron. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We love you a lot. Have a great evening. Goodbye. See you. Vea, ala, cabrones no te quedan
Siempre con la sed y no somos al cero. Ya Susan soltero. Dijo que te va a ver aguacero. Susano como tú, yo no lo tolero. Cabrón, tú eres chata, tú eres reportero. Yeah, yeah. Yo no soy tu mal, pero soy bandolero. Por eso solo creo en Dios. Y en mi 4-0. Yeah. Picante, picante como un habanero. Si tú tienes la llave, yo tengo el llavero.